What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Work Prince Magicians podcast. I'm your host, Bilal, and joining me again is my co-host, Nicole. What's up, Nicole? Uh, not much, not much. We've got another new episode of the Magicians to cover, and I, uh, it's apt, I think, because it's Valentine's on Wednesday. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. the episode titled Marry, Fuck, Kill. Yes. Um, yeah, falls very well in line with uh, Valentine's Day. Lots yeah. of emotions going around. And some uh, literal hearts. Yeah, <laughs> hearts of dragons. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so... What did you think of this episode, Nicole? So I, um, I mean, I think it was a little bit of a slower episode and, um, you know, like they spend a lot of time on Josh. Not that Josh is um, not a great character, but he is. And, but I would say action wise, it's a little bit slower. Although I did enjoy the part where they kind of took like something that happened, I think, back in season one. And gave us this entire backstory now to it, so that was pretty cool. I, I mean, it was a Josh storyline. This is mm-hmm. kind of like when Family Guy does a Meg episode for me. <laughs> Nothing against Josh, like I like him, but um, there's a, it, it is a quieter episode for the magicians, and I I don't know. It, the first three were just like. You know the like very volume, like, very yeah. fast paced. There's a lot being thrown at you, but you know what? Sometimes you need a setup episode, mm-hmm. and in terms of like setup, not that bad. Um, there's some great moments throughout, and uh, we'll be breaking it up uh, like last week into four parts. Um, so we'll start off with what Josh and Margot were up to. Jump over to Penny and Julia, followed up by Alice, who actually has a pretty eventful week. And then wrap things up with Quentin and Elliot. So, uh, yeah, hey, why don't you take I, it away? I just have to defend Josh, though, because after that one episode where he was trapped in um, that fake, whatchamacallit, um, fake physical kid's cabin because everyone forgot him, you know, <laughs> I feel that it's it's pretty justified that he gets, like, a, a majority of an episode at least. So that's what, just all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but okay so the big sort of storyline for this um this week's episode was josh and his lycanthropy um like way back in season one one or two i thought was it i thought it could have been two <laughs> maybe. yeah it's one of those ones <laughs> but it was the time when um oh well, maybe it was two but it was a time when quentin and him were both locked in um like the break bills dungeons basically and i didn't even recognize josh when uh i saw that episode originally like way back when because he was um basically exhibiting werewolf like symptoms and he very much looked like teen wolf aka in the original 80s with michael j fox um so in the world of the magicians uh lycanthropy is an std and we find out all about it as it's the herpes of magic. Yes, it's the herpes of magic. And we find out pretty early on that um, something's happening because Josh um, has a dream sequence. So at first, you know, everyone's back at the apartment and Josh is furiously baking because Quentin's dad just died and he is stressed out having just had helped um, the monster kill Bacchus. And so he's baking to stress relief. Yo, those muffins he's baking look fantastic. Yeah, they look I pretty good. 
Sci-fi, send me a muffin. A muffin basket. Courtesy. I'm not even that I just want one, one. muffin. <laughs> so he then, um, at one point, um, offers some to Margot because she's having a bad day herself. She had tried to um, kind of trick the creature to get out of Elliot's body, but the creature was like, I'm cool, thanks. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. J- just to touch upon that, last week, Nicole and I... Oh yeah, we totally forgot pretty to much, talk about... That one yeah. scene between the creature and Margot, where the creature's pretty much like, yeah, we're a lot alike, And she's actually. like, no, we're not. <laughs> yeah, uh, which goes a long way in terms of just, like, friends being pushed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for Margot, in terms of just her arc this season and having to rule alone uh, as a prophecy from the, what was it, Lord Fresh? Mm-hmm. Um, or was it... Well, they um, haven't... Dis- no, it was... Well, Lord Fresh was the one who kind of told her about him. Yeah. But we don't know where it's from yet. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, just seeing her deal with the aftermath of that conversation in Bacchus, uh, you know, <laughs> she, she's not in a great place. Yeah. And so she takes a muffin from Josh, and she was like, damn, this is really tasty. But then Josh starts to kind of have weird thoughts, and he's really, like, fixated on Margot's lips, and um, his nose starts to bleed, and then all of a sudden he starts transforming into a werewolf, and then um, tries to rip her throat out. But he wakes up to find out that it was, like, a lucid dream, and so at first he's relieved, then all of a sudden, he notices that there is blood on his head, and then pulls the sheet back from his bed, and there's like a dead animal carcass on there. And it's Margot. Dun dun dun. No, it's just <laughs> an animal carcass. So the next day, he's trying to like frantically clean up, and he doesn't know what's happening. And Penny Twenty Three comes in, and he's like, "Why are you so skittish, dude?" And he was like, "Is this the quickening?" And so. Josh obviously still doesn't know what is going on, but and he, you know, it's possible that it is, and so he ends up um, being tricked, and uh, Penny Twenty Three picks up the a garbage bag where the animal carcass is, and just then Julia walks in and um, and was like, "Hey, can I get some help with some books?" Because she's trying to find books to help with her goddess or lack of goddess power issues at the moment. But in turn, um, Penny actually says, um, well, let me help you find it. And Josh volunteers some information that maybe they should go to Fillory and ask um, one of the main ads because uh, Bacchus used them as sort of um, nurses. And they would help him whenever he was like too um, drunk hungover. too hungover and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So before they leave, though, Penny23 basically tells Josh that he needs to like get this sorted and fix what's yeah. happening and to stay away from Julia. Because <laughs> Penny 23 don't want to lose another Julia. Exactly. Yeah. So then Josh ends up revealing to Margot of all people what's kind of happening to him. And he doesn't really know like what's going on. Although I think beforehand he goes to he actually goes to break bills to confront um, the professor that he slept with who had given him the lycanthropy to begin with. Um, her name's Helen, and she's a cryptozoologist. Yo, that's such a cool that's line a, of study. Yeah, like, that's very cool. if I could, I would totally do that. Although I don't understand what you would study exactly as a cryptozoologist. I mean, obviously it has to do with animals, but what's the crypto I mean, part? I mean, it would just be anything that 
humans don't know about, like in general, about like the general the, the Muggle yeah. population. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's what the yeah. So like a magical creature of any kind, like the fairies or whatnot. I guess more research into that. Um, mm-hmm. I, it'd be so cool. So Helen basically gives him the lay down. You know, she says that it is the quickening. And it happens to them like once every 30 years or so. And Bilal, I think that this is more so on like probably a lunar calendar of sorts than like an actual per person thing. Because it doesn't make sense because if um, so in order to have the quickening pass without you, without Josh having the wolf out either killing someone Mm -hmm. or raping them, he needs to. Well, he pretty much needs to sleep with someone or kill someone yep. in order for it to pass. And we quickly learn at later as Margo and Josh do some research that when Josh was Isaac, he had a one night, one night stand yes. with a woman. Yes. And so if Josh doesn't have a pass through that, then I'm guessing it's more tied to a certain time period mm-hmm. than once in the 30 years. Yes. Because Helen does say that, so she kind of elaborates more and explains that, you know, this is more of like a magical curse STD, wherein the during the period of the quickening, um, the infected person will have intense urges to either kill someone or have sex with a person who doesn't have um, the disease yet. And so... In that way, it ensures that the curse spreads, or I guess you feed the beast somehow by killing someone, right? So she ended up um, going through Tinder to find someone to pass along the the STD to, and she is now going crazy like Josh is. That's wrong. (laughs) So people, be careful on Tinder. Be careful. Yes. You got herpes, you got lycanthropy. (laughs) Yo, just be honest. Don't spread it. Yes. It's Always wrong. disclose your L positive status to people, please. Like or be H safe. Positive. Yeah, be safe. Um, so when Josh tells Margot all this, she does help him with research, and they end up um, finding an Indonesian ritual spell that's supposed to s- prevent like supernatural transformations. And the only thing that they really need um, that's a little bit more exotic is a Komodo dragon. And luckily, Kanye has one in town, so they go and get it. <coughs> I love how, I love how they just say Kanye has a Komodo dragon, and everyone's like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, that no, makes sense. That, that's, that makes that's, sense. That's on brand." <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they end up getting it, and how I wish that they actually showed a scene like that because that would have been funny. Um, and they drive out to the forest, and. Um, they perform the ritual where Margot's reading from the book and she has the heart of the Komodo dragon. And basically once the ritual, once she finishes chanting, um, they both scream and then Josh has to eat the heart. To which he says, this is actually not that bad. Um, I don't know if that's the wolf talking or is that Chef Josh talking? I think that might be Chef Josh at that point. <laughs> I never had heart, but- Bloody you know. raw heart. Yes. Yeah. It could be pretty good. Who knows? Who knows? If yeah. you ever ate a heart, just like out of an animal, let us know. It, or not. Or not. It's okay. Come on. <laughs> at, at least one. At least one of you must have done this. <laughs> right in. So then they're driving back, and it 
sadly hasn't worked because Josh is starting to hallucinate um, Margot basically coming on to him so he tells her to just stop the car and he runs out and you can kind of hear him like um, um, crying out like a wolf and eventually he comes back and actually beforehand so before they go to the forest there's a scene between the two of them where he hands her a pistol filled with silver bullets and says that um, just in case he she needs to stop him in case that you know he is unable to control himself and he goes full wolf and like tries to kill her um, but Margot very staunchly says that it's not gonna come to that and it's a very very sweet moment and i think that margot is really you know like genuinely trying to help him so when they're in the car and she's like you know why should i let you back in he tells her that he um kind of made a tree into a werewolf if you know what i mean <laughs> oh i laughed you know what that episode gets like a full point just for that line uh because i laughed so hard Oh, uh, when uh, way uh, Josh delivered it. Oh God, it's it, yeah. it's an amazing line. That's a it's a good it's a really good one. Yeah. So he, that sort of satiated his urges for a little bit, and so he tells her that they need to go to break bills. And once they get there, he locks himself into the cage that he had been in previously the last time he had first um, contracted lycanthropy, and. Margot's like, what the hell are you doing? You know, there has to be another way. And the problem is he can't really see another way because the options are literally just to pass the disease on to someone who isn't affected yet, kill someone, or if he doesn't do any of that, then he there is a high likelihood that he will kill himself. So out of those three options, killing himself is the only one that Josh can live with because he's such a nice guy, right? And, oh, although we completely, well, we briefly mentioned it earlier, but um, there was also, just to show how nice of a guy he is, he actually remembered earlier on that um, as Isaac, he had had a one-night stand with someone. So he goes to this woman's apartment just to see if she's contracted it, and sad to say she did. And in fact, had actually killed someone, and the body, the dismembered limbs were still in the woman's room. So I don't know what happened to that afterwards. Like, I don't know I'm, if... I'm guessing Josh probably helped clean, clean it, it up. up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Poor, poor Josh. So he's obviously very, very frazzled at this point. So in the cage, he does not want to do that to anyone else or kill someone, of course. But then Margot does something super crazy and she takes the key, locks herself into the cage with him and throws the key out. And he's like, what are you doing? But she has decided to take matters into her own hands and is out to save Josh by sleeping with him because she just recently lost Elliot and she is not prepared to lose another friend today. And so she can actually do something about this situation. And I really have to hand it to her for like doing this because she took one for the team to help a friend. And, you know, maybe she does have a little thing for Josh. Who knows, right? But it was, I really like that. Yeah, yeah, it was really That was my question ever. for you. Uh, because Josh does ask to clarify at the end. Mm -hmm. Like, what exactly? Is this casual? What is this? And, but, like, her response doesn't... Her response my, wasn't like, really a res like a yes or no confirmation. Yeah, and I was really confused about where they're heading with that. Yeah. I mean, if it is, you know what? Hooray for both of them. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah. Margot, with 
I, I don't even want to say it's a sacrifice. It, it's really weird. I don't I don't know how to properly define what she did, but she like she helped out her friend. Yeah, um, she was being and, a good friend. Yeah. Yes. Um, in a way that I don't know. <laughs> friends, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's very. Uh, I don't. You know what? I'm just not gonna say anything. Marco did a good thing. She yeah. helped out her friend. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Um. But, okay, so I had this weird take on this episode that Mar- the way they filmed Margot this episode felt really weird to me. Um, like, even in the dream sequence, you could... It, you know when it kind of feels floaty around the character? Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of like a dream state? I felt like Margot was in a dream state this entire episode with the way she was filmed. Um, you know, it might be commentary, though, on how... On kind of where her headspace is just because i'm sure she's still grieving elliot so i feel like she's being one very aggressive in general right now mm-hmm. um like in comparison to like uh, you know other episodes and other seasons like she because she was very much you know sort of laying in t- into josh this entire time like don't nut sack out on me again yeah. <laughs> like I, I love that they brought that line back <laughs> And, you know, was really kind of goading him on to, like, not take this sitting down because I think of how helpless she felt um, not being able to do anything about Elliot, right? Where she didn't want yeah. him to, like, take this and just to let it happen to himself. She wanted him to be really proactive and, like, damn it, we're going to do something. Yeah. So it's possible, like, that could be and part it, of the reason why she, like, they seem so kind of floaty with her in, like... Yeah, the- and... I, I think you're right uh, because like at the end too they she brings up Elliot and like there was not much they can do mm-hmm. to save him so I definitely can see that um, still being uh, the way where her headspace is at mm-hmm. so yeah I like that that works for me shall we move on to Penny and Julia next yes so Penny and Julia after Penny pretty much threatens um, Josh about uh, getting his quickening shit taken care of, uh, are off to Fillory uh, to go find the main ads uh, of that once followed Bacchus. And they quickly come across Shoshana, uh, who uh, Josh talked to in the previous episode, uh, who pointed her, uh, them towards Bacchus. And Shoshana's, like, I'm not sure about the other main ads, but they're all, like, in despair. They had mm-hmm. nobody to help, to aid. Uh, there's no god for them to follow and she has like a noose around her neck and she's just ready to take her life uh it's it's pretty sad and uh penny and julia come up and they're like hey you know don't kill yourself let's drink some peach snops Uh, tribute to bacchus yes tribute to bacchus and she decides to help out uh, julia by weirdly chanting around her and barking and then licking a pine cone (laughs) And yeah, it's it's really strange. It's it, but it's hilarious. The magicians, yeah, the magicians can get strange at times, and that it, it can pay off in uh, one way or another. But uh, she says she it's unclear uh, the reading she got off her aura, and that they will need to perform a ritual with one of Julia's uh, devotees that mm-hmm. has an intimate connection with her. And luckily for Julia, she has Penny twenty three. Or in Penny 23's timeline, he was in a relationship with Julia. So he already pretty much... Um, adores her is, anyway. Yeah, adores yeah. her. Yeah. And there's like an earlier scene with like uh, Quentin and Julia where Quentin teases uh, Julia about her puppy dog, uh, Penny, that follows her around. 
Uh, so, it, the ritual itself is pretty, uh, yeah, it's pretty intimate from the get-go. It's pretty much Penny having to adorn Julia with, like, oil mm-hmm. across her body. Uh, and it, it's cute. It's really well done. It makes me want to root for, uh, for them Penny. As a yeah, ship. For, yeah. <laughs> yes, as a ship. <laughs> because it, it's weird, because, like, at, at one point in the beginning of the series, I was always like, it's going to be Quentin and Julia in the end. Um, I, I just never, I never liked Quentin and Alice. Um, I don't know. I think that ship has sailed. Uh, maybe that's just me. But, yeah, no, Penny and Julia, I'm all for it. Uh, you know what? It sucks for Katie, but you know what? Where's Katie this episode? K- they always do this. That's true. Where is Katie K- this whole time? Yeah, K- Katie is never around in these type of episodes, oh, and it true. drives me nuts because she deserves be- more. That's true. That's true. She's a great character. She can do so much. Give Katie her time. I agree. I mean, they should just cut to Katie playing with dogs. I, I would watch that because yeah. it's she needs a break and some good things in her life. Yeah, and she's got that good luck card, so oh, yeah. kind kind of wouldn't mind seeing like just random places of Katie just like winning money. Just like good luck coming her way. She deserves it. Before we um, move on, though, so I just wanted to touch really quick on Shoshana. Um, just because it's kind of funny how in um, the last episode that we saw her, she seemed so timid when she was talking to Josh. And now she's sort of like, I, I don't care about anything. So she's so like, so much more spunky. You know what I mean? Like, her yeah, personality I, I think, seems like it's changed so much. Yeah, I think a part of it has to do with like, when you have a life purpose i guess you might you it, might not care maybe, about it, other things yeah, anymore but, like being polite yeah yeah so for her it was like she was caring like it was all about bacchus all the time and now without him around who is she um but we quickly find out after um the ritual is complete mm-hmm. and she looks at the water or the oil that was used to wash julia's yeah. feet that julia's got some Weird otherworldly power yeah yeah and, Ju- and Julia basically is like, I can't use magic. So, well, what are you talking about? Shoshana's like, uh, magic and power are the is, aren't the Yeah, they're not the same thing at all. So um, Julia now has a main ad as a follower. Her first official real follower. Yeah, which is so. Cool. <laughs> and I take back a saying last week because I knew, I knew, I think I even said it last week uh, that kind of Julia was like. <laughs> kind of useless <laughs> in her given state but like i didn't mean that like she's actually useless but just like she can't help out in the in ways others can but you know what the magicians made me eat my words so i'm sorry julia for saying you were useless <laughs> oh man so that'll be kind of interesting to see where they go from there and if i hope they kind of explain more on what the difference is between magic and power and if what's sort of preventing her right now from accessing that right because i'm sure she because she's still indestructible like there must be something there still it's just whatever's you know what whatever's happened to her is sort of blocked something her access to it right yeah ah and so that does it for penny and julia this episode and so then we're off to the library Ah, yes with alice and so Alice, you know, gets to do more stuff this week, which is fun. She, um, we finally first find out who 
um, snuck up behind her when she uh, left Santa Claus. And it turns out okay, to be b- someone before you reveal it. very before unexpected. You reveal it. Yeah, you told me it was someone I would not expect. And I was like, it's the beast. And, um, <laughs> and I was completely wrong. And I was really hoping it would be the beast. But who did it end up being? Well, it was the beast adjacent. So it was the person responsible for the beast. It was Christopher Plummer. I mean, in, in, in some words, you can say he might be the bigger beast. True, too. very true. So I, I was trying to figure out like when the last time we saw him was, and I honestly can't really remember. I mean, as far back as you know, maybe the end of season one, where we knew that he was being tortured by Martin Chatwin at White Spire. So in so he didn't die all those years ago, and he's actually been alive and just you know kept as a prisoner. Um, so, but somehow he ends up at the library and has been kind of hiding out there ever since you know donning their very very drab gray outfits and um has been sneaking around trying to find um a way out of the netherlands and this is actually the reason why he um uh grabbed alice is because he needs her help but in turn He's gonna help her with her little problem. So, she, so he knows that she needs to find the revision room and grab her book and her friends' books so that they don't um, get caught by the library, essentially. So, here's what blows my mind: when Penny was sent last season mm-hmm. down to the library of the Underworld version, yeah, the branches, yeah, like that dude got caught faster than anyone uh like you know, it was like near impossible but oh, we we've got plover here who's just sneaking around, wandering around sneaking around he's got like a, his own secret room yeah. where he's just hanging out where he has like, like a tea kettle and he has food like how did he get yeah. all these things like you remember that viral video from a while backwards and some guy was like you know the stuff in my fridge keeps emptying out and i can't figure out why set up security cameras and it turns out there's a woman living in his crawl space and she would come out in the middle of the <laughs> oh night oh my god like, that's so creepy i have never seen this I've oh seen I'll, this. I'll, I'll, i'm totally gonna send this to you after um that's so scary but, oh my god <laughs> yeah it's just like it blows my mind that plover somehow is able to just stay in the library with no one knowing he's there yeah that's true especially with like how many wards they've probably set up and i mean granted sure he studied magic probably for a long time but still right exactly unless he's figured out to do a cloaking spell on himself and i don't know like somehow is managed to dupe all the librarians i guess Mm mm-hmm but anyways, so he ends up revealing to Alice that he knows, number one, where the revision room is. And then two, he needs her help in casting a spell on a book called the World Book. So he's trying to find another world that he can go to to be at peace and to be happy where he will do no harm. Um, this whole sort of exchange between them is, has, is sort of very, it's like a very icky sort of scene just because you've got two characters who've done terrible things one more than the other aka molest children but he keeps telling her that she needs to not be so hard on herself and that you know everyone deserves happiness and that she her actions are not equal to what she is essentially but she's like no i don't deserve happiness and i don't think you do either (laughs) 
Yeah. And, like, props to the magicians for not um, going easy mm-hmm. in terms of writing against. Like, mm-hmm. Alice gives him shit, like, every other line. Yeah. And she basically is just like, you're a fucking pedophile. You're, you're, um, you're You don't deserve yeah. happiness. Yeah. Uh, you don't deserve help of any kind. But Alice quickly does realize that in order to get where she needs to, she might need to help this dude out. Which, given the circumstances, I get. But... I hope to God that if, like, if she gets the opportunity, she just blasts this dude, uh, in the near future. And like, I think that, you know, she, she's still struggling with, you know, how she views herself and all that, and still, like, she's presented like two really terrible options, and so she kind of has to make the best of it. And she ultimately decides, yeah, that she does need his help, and so she, um, he shows her the revision room. And it's his giant room where there are all these unbound book pages of um, people's books. And so it's he further explains that it's not enough that she just steals the book because once the, the librarians figure out that the books are gone, they're going to look come after them. So his suggestion is that they cast a um, auto-writing spell so that um, it essentially kind of creates a fake ending for all of them. That way the librarians don't know that the books are missing because AK, because they won't be missing, they'll still be there, but they will be led to believe that, you know, the whole gang is still um, blissfully ignorant of their circumstances and um, are off doing other things. But the truth is, of course, they'll be somewhere else. And it's supposed to be an airtight, um, an airtight um, story so he helps her cast that and she actually is able to sneak into the revision room because she's able to bend light to make herself invisible so how nice that um alice is able to use her discipline her main discipline in order to you know pull off this little scheme um but she does then as well help him cast a spell on the world book so that he can uh get out of there and that is what Alice did this week. I don't think I missed anything, did I? Did you touch upon what she found in the book? Oh, right. That's important. <laughs> so I was like, That's oh, the big thing. yeah, it's important. Let's like... not forget that. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. As she's reading through everyone's books, she f- finds Quentin's pages and she's like, oh my God, he's going to die. And Plover's like, well, duh, that's how everyone's book ends, right? Death. And she's like, no, no, no. He's going to die next week. And so I think that also spurred the urgency for her to basically make the deal with Plover because yeah. she wants to save Quentin and help him. She still has feelings for Is it is it though? Is it feelings for him or is it feelings of guilt for what she's done or I think it's both. You think it's I both? think because she do yeah. you think she she stopped loving him after becoming a nymph, coming back and dealing with all, all that stuff. Or I, th- I think for Alice, a lot of her priorities shifted when she became a nymph, yeah. and all she wanted to do was acquire knowledge and yeah. expand upon that. Yeah. And she didn't, she and didn't need personal relationships. Yeah. But like now that she's human again, I think she realized a lot of the wrong she had done, mm-hmm. um, and it, it took her a while to get there. Uh, but now that she realized she has a potential to lose everyone she loves that's still around mm-hmm. that you know she's willing to do what it takes to earn their forgiveness and help them out mm, true okay i think that's it 
Alright, that's it for Alice, and then off to our last storyline uh, with Quentin. Um, we find out his dad has died, and he's gone off uh, to his father's house um, to, you know, go to the funeral, deal with uh, cleaning up uh, his belongings. And we meet his mom, mm-hmm. who we learned divorced um, Quentin's dad because he was too normal. Um, to the, Yeah, just because he was too normal. And we learned that nobody showed up at the funeral. Uh, and she's like, where were his friends? And he's like, um, Quentin's like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, and you know, I, I feel bad for Quentin because like, <laughs> I think like he wants... Ever since he learned that his father had cancer, he wanted to spend more time with him. Mm-hmm. But given the circumstances of everything that was going on, he didn't have that opportunity. Um, and then it was just too late at a given point. Um, so he's grieving, and his mom has tasked him with uh, cleaning up his father's model airplanes that ne- he just needs to... Uh, that I think they're giving to some guy on Craigslist or something. Yeah, uh, that, some dude upstate. Yeah. Uh, so Quentin's, you know, taking his time doing that, you know, being very careful, very careful. It's, and it's a process like wrapping up the things Mm -hmm. of your loved ones. It's a, it's an emotional process to go through. And we have creature Elliot just show up, uh, through it. And he's just like, are you done killing? And he's just like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, don't you kill when, uh, someone you love is dead? Uh, and Quentin's like, wait, no. No, what? No. Um, it, it, it is funny because it, just, it. I feel like all these little funny moments we get with the creature, we get a better idea of who he is and how he sees the world. Yeah. Um, he's also eating frozen peas out of a bag, which he offers to Quentin. Oh, <laughs> uh, which I it find shows a, hilarious. Yeah, it shows a lot more of like how very childlike the creature or monster really is, and whereas like, um. Yeah, because he says yeah. it's uh, like, are you done playing the loving your dead dad yeah, it's game? Like everything is a game to him, right? Yeah. And I mean, that's how he was raised mm-hmm. in Black Spire, essentially. Like, every guardian that was there, that held him there uh, in prison, played games with him. Uh, it was constantly playing games. Um, so I, it's not shocking to see mm-hmm. um, him do that. In the outside and, world, too. Yep. Yeah, so Elliot pretty much questions, like, why. Uh, Quinn is doing this. Yeah, why Quinn's doing this? He starts taking planes and just starts chucking them against the wall. Uh, and he's laughing, and Quentin's like, you know, his mom tasked him to do this. And Elliot's like, why does your mother have so much mm-hmm. power over you? And Quentin tells this story of how he broke he, an ashtray when he was a child. Yeah. He broke an ashtray, and uh, ever since then, his parents always saw him as someone that breaks things. And you see Quentin like start discussing with Elliot like how you know with his father having cancer with uh, everything that's happened with uh, Alice like everyone around him breaks and like he sits with this guilt and you know he he just feels like uh, things around him constantly are breaking so the creature's like then just break them on purpose Mm -hmm. and we get this pretty cathartic scene Mm -hmm. yeah scene for Quentin where he just takes these planes and he starts tossing them against the wall uh, and they're just shattering. Um, so, as someone that's made models, maybe not airplanes, but more nerdier stuff, <laughs> God, I was like, no, stop. That took <laughs> hours like, of work. Yeah. 
I was like, you could just can't smash them. Like, I get it, but don't smash them. Um, I- I'm pretty sure there's a magician's fan that's like a model airplane enthusiast somewhere, or like someone in his family is, and they're gonna be watching this episode. It'll see a plane being smashed, and like a piece of them on the inside will just like break. Um, yeah. Um, so pretty much after they're done breaking planes, uh, Elliot creature tells um, Quentin that he needs help finding more gods Mm -hmm. and as Quentin is getting over the death of his father he's like you know what let's just knock out uh, two birds with one stone yeah you know what Elliot is also dead Um, he's like I need you to be in I need you to be happier and in better shape so there you go you can mourn for both people at the same time (laughs) while you're already in the shitty place let me tell you how I felt his soul die die when I took over his body um and then Quentin's just like there sitting on the couch like you got he's like I'm gonna kill this dude um and then as Elliot says that we zoom in on his Mm -hmm. eye on his inner eye and we find out that Elliot has been norted now you're asking what norted means is and I'm about to get really really technical with a lot of geeky stuff so I'm throwing fandoms together so if anyone's been playing Kingdom Hearts or been following the story, there's a villain in there that's kind of like Voldemort from Harry Potter who took a piece of his soul and put it in something. So think of it like a horcrux. But instead of it being a horcrux, by placing his soul in another person, he has control of that person. Um, so essentially, and th- the bad guy's name in Kingdom Hearts is Xehanort. So when he puts a, a piece of a soul in you, people call it being norted. So Elliot got norted by the creature. Uh, I learned and something you know new today. <laughs> yes, Kingdom Hearts also involves time travel. It's it's bonkers. I just finished the third game. Probably talked about it over at the Gamescast. Follow us on the podcast feed. Um, but yeah, we find Elliot inside of himself, um, trapped in this like fictitious artist bill type. Place. Yeah, it's like. It's like someone was drawing break bills, and some of it was colored in, and like the rest of it was just like a pencil sketching. Oh, that's um, right. And he, and he's calling out for Marco, who believes he's dead, and it's heartbreaking. Um, and I believe that's where the episode ends. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of setup in this one. Um, we're I'm guessing we're gonna be off hunting more gods. Curious to see where this Josh and Margo stuff goes. Mm-hmm. You know what? Julia's probably gonna, like, come out of next week's episode, like, killing fools, being almighty and powerful, Super and then <laughs> the after credit scenes is gonna be her listening to this podcast and going, Bilal, I'm coming for you. And You're then, next on you know my what? shit list. Yep. This is my, yeah. <laughs> this, this is my last episode. I'm, I'm done. It's all because I messed with Julia. God damn it. And then, yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm actually excited to see where Alice's storyline goes um, mm-hmm. next week. Um, I know you've seen it. I have seen um, it. It's really good, it, it, and I wanted to really text good. you, but then I was like, wait, maybe you didn't watch it yet, so I won't spoil it. Yeah. I've, I watched half of it. I've, it was already like late night. I think it was like around 2 a.m. I was halfway through it. I was like, you know what? I can't even like... I don't even remember what happened in this episode <laughs> at this point, um, so I have to go back and rewatch the entire thing. Uh, but I'm, I remember liking what I saw a lot. Um, so yeah, it was really good, and like, there's definitely tons more surprises coming up next in the next episode, 
And although before we finish this one, did you notice how there were like weird symbols carved into Christopher Plummer's like forehead? I think I think um, Martin, did Martin do that? Chatwin, okay. Yeah, I believe Martin Chatwin did okay. that uh, as part of the torture that was on Plummer. Uh, okay, I was wondering yeah. if he yeah if he had done it or if the library did and if there was any kind of special significance to it. But okay, I, probably some type of like ward or something to keep him trapped or uh, torture or him in a certain way. Okay, cool. Yeah, makes sense. Cause you know. Crazy like that, Martin, yeah. Yeah, Martin Chat went crazy like that, but you know what? Circumstances. Exactly. <laughs> I don't blame him. Exactly. He got screwed over really bad. So. Yeah. All right. So I guess that's um, it for this week's episode. Yeah, it, it it does, but like you know what? I'm gonna just talk about something really quick. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're a fan of the magicians, I'm. Also, probably guessing you're a fan of Harry Potter. Is that safe to say, Nicole? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, you know, we live near a city, New York City, and they have this fantastic play going on. Not the Cursed oh, Child. Wait, is it Puffs? It's Puffs. Okay, I was going to ask you if it was good because I think I saw it on your Instagram. And I was, I've it been is... wanting to watch it, though. So I took my wife during uh, Harry Potter. Valentine's yeah. Day. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um,. We did Valentine's Day weekend mm -hmm. early. You know what? Not everything is like sold out, crazy. Uh, reservations are easy to get. It's not bad when Valentine's Day falls in the middle of the week. Um, so we went out the weekend before and I got tickets for Puffs. Uh, I, I've heard good things. I didn't expect much going in. And so we, we just kind of sat down. And I haven't laughed this hard. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Uh, maybe ever. I was in tears, like constant tears strolling down my face. <laughs> if like you don't need to have book knowledge, yeah. if you just watched only the Harry Potter films, uh, the cast and Is crew, the yeah. stage, it, it's absolutely okay. amazing. I think you get like tickets as cheap as thirty five okay, bucks. Cool. And if you don't I live, I'm gonna go watch that then. Yeah, and if if you don't have uh the play playing anywhere near you, I, they also have a filmed version on Amazon and iTunes. Highly recommend it. It like as a Harry Potter fan, I consider it essential viewing um, because of how good it is. There's so much love and heart and soul put into it, and the writing is top notch. Uh, like just top notch. Uh, you you'll be laughing nonstop. Sold. Okay, sold. Yes, I will be watching. That yes, when I get back from vacation. <laughs> yes. Wait. So you're going on vacation after episode five? Um. Yes. Trying to remember. I'm going on vacation. End of the week after episode six airs. Yeah. Okay. So Nicole and I will try to do hopefully episode six and seven. seven. Yeah. Yeah, six and seven early, yeah. um, and keep it up. If for some reason six and seven are missing, uh, it's because Nicole's gone and she's betrayed me. <laughs> I'll be at the beach. Ah. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> All right. Well, hope you guys have enjoyed listening. You can always uh, follow us. Uh, give us a follow. Subscribe out over uh, on our uh, on our multiple what? multiple social yeah. media accounts under the workprint. <laughs> yes, I've been doing so many of these. I can't believe I still haven't gotten this down <laughs> right. Um, yeah, you can follow the workprint uh, over at theworkprint.com. Yeah. Follow us at the workprint on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Mm -hmm. Give us a like and subscribe. The iTunes and Google podcast feeds of uh, the Workprint. Subscribe. Leave a comment. Leave a rating. Yeah. Um, Thank we'll you read to them. everyone who's been downloading. It's been really nice. Yeah, it's absolutely insane how many of you are listening. Um, I, 
I don't know if I'm that important. Maybe Nicole is, but no, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, but I, we truly appreciate it. Even like just people coming to the site and reading mm-hmm. the magician's yes, review, thank it's you, thank you. outstanding. Um, really, really, and love all the support we're getting. And as always, if you have any questions or comments or anything, you can always send it to us over email at uh, theworkprint at gmail dot com or send it to our Twitter account at theworkprint. Um, great talking this week. Look forward to everyone tuning in next week. Bye-bye. Bye.